Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. And this week we are continuing with Hearts of Magic. As an additional content warning, this series contains a little bit of light sexual content. So folks who are squeamish about that, which is apparently more people than there are for violence, uh, just be aware of that going in. I'm going to save all of our announcements for later, so I'll see you in the mid-roll, heroes. So I want to do a scene with Alan as well, and I think I'm going to go for a dance. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. Dance, dance, dance. I didn't pick dance because I knew you were going to pick dance. Mm-hmm. The dance rules. So uh, it's similar to conversation over meal and that we take turns asking each other questions and we ask Ooh. the other two questions and then the dance ends. Uh, and these questions, folks, they're pretty saucy questions. Yeah. They get saucy. The dance is really good. So I kind of <laughs> I kind of think that uh, you being an auditor have just been invited to a fae social event and you know fae do have some legal authority to practice magic here uh though slowly auditors have been stripping that away from various different houses um uh so i i think this is like your opportunity to see what 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 all of this is about how how magic is used um and this is a formal ball but it's also kind of a ritual at the same time and i think it's probably more physically intimate than most people who are used to like practicing magic in the order would feel entirely prepared to deal with um but yeah like i think it is like a cross between you know one of the victorian uh balls that you would read about in a jane austen novel and like eyes wide shut nice uh-huh. <laughs> okay so it's it's weird and it doesn't have to be overtly sexual it's just this is but it can be yeah this is so much stranger than i was prepared for on the, i was going to drink some punch and maybe do a line dance and that ain't this brother line dancing is the best form of dancing because <laughs> your moves are scripted mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah so i think i i show up to this this party uh and um i as soon as i walk in the door my my costumery changes to something a lot more like lascivious and colorful than i was expecting but which makes me fit in but also well this is frivolous but it is also regulation i trust the designer of my suit (laughs) but i certainly hope to never find myself in this situation again (laughs) that said local customs are to be observed and respected um and I start serving myself some punch, uh, and uh, I spot you. What's in the punch that you don't expect? Um, ice. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite cold. <laughs> this is not room temperature. <laughs> Seems strange that they would willingly deviate from the natural temperature of the room. <laughs> um, Deviance. I, I think you notice uh, this is a bit of a masquerade um it's not a masquerade in the sense of a traditional masquerade it isn't masquerade in that uh the fey beings in this room are taking on aspects of uh creatures in nature uh or concepts in nature that um like like normally uh, it would be contained in a physical mask but like 
perhaps uh, a fake creature has decided to come as the ocean and simply the way they speak mimics the roar of the ocean. Or when you look into their eyes, you are struck by the vastness of open water around you. Um, so it's a little bit disorienting. I think the sound of wind rattling bones has decided to come as a fire. So as you grow near to them, it is pleasantly warm. Ooh. Um, and they nice. also, they also, dance and move in a way that is flickering uh, and feels like delicate and immaterial. Um, but should you draw too close, it will be hot and burning um, and, you know, affect you in other ways because they're a fire. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's what's going on there. I, I think uh, music begins in the room and different creatures find partners. Um, and I believe... Uh, a the sound of wind rattling bones uh will cast a bow at you which is you know uh the fake custom of asking if you would like to dance uh reflexively i return the bow but in the back of my head i'm like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> and there there is like a happy nod on their face uh and they smile in the way that that fire smiles sending joyful sparks up into the air uh that disappear around them mm -hmm. as the music begins the worst dancer asks the first question. That's probably me. That's probably you. <laughs> and then the two of you can talk through these semi out of character. So I, I asked the. Oh, I see. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, they're all <laughs> pretty spicy. I like yeah, this. You're in a dance. I kind of like. Let's let's start. Let's start casual. Let's, I love it. Let's start casual. Um, I think. Uh, I lose my place in the dance. Um, the question is, do you let me stumble or do you draw me back into place? I think I definitely draw you back into place. Something that we've definitely established of wind rattling bones is that they are fascinated by mortal creatures, their strengths and their foibles. Seeing you uh, fall out of place in the dance, I know from my experience with Kesma that mortal beings have the ability to learn and adapt to new circumstances while some of the fey creatures around me might think like just look strange like what is that being doing that's not how it's done you don't do it like that i would be mortified to hear that about myself <laughs> um i i think uh wind rattling bones like sees that and there is a light of joy in their eyes seeing that you've done it wrong. And so they navigate you once more to the position, hoping that the steps are familiar to watch and see if you'll get it right again. Uh, and while some of the other beings have progressed forward, we're using the heart of the music uh, to continue to hit this point, I think, over and over again until you've done it right. Mm. do you touch me to do that i think i do um and i think the touch is fleeting it's the sort of touch where if you were to draw your finger through a candle flame you wouldn't feel the intense heat of the fire you just watch your hand pass through uh and that's exactly what i'm taking advantage of the touch is subtle and it's something that i think is easier to see than feel but it is there i think uh I've never had someone, I've never had physical contact with someone that I have yet to have a single word spoken between 
The two oh, of that us rules. Before. That nice. rules. Um, so even though it's a very soft and quick touch, it, it sends that like warm prickles of like endorphin release. Yeah. Um, from where you like where you touch my shoulder, just like down my back. And as I shift back into place, I like uh, sh- shiver a little bit at it. That's that's something that I think about uh, the family name, the house rapture, that feeling of frisian, you know, uh, hair standing up on your neck and, and, and tingles down your back. That is approaching how their name is pronounced. So Ooh. I think in a way, so like I know you now, I'm bit. introducing myself to you. Nice. Ooh, that. That's that's saucy. <laughs> <laughs> I say, ooh. My face is close to yours. Do you turn subtly towards me or subtly away? I think I'm entranced and I turn not so subtly towards you. And Ooh. I just kind of like look into it and the, the that like sort of firelight flicker reflects off my eyes, which are dull and brown and like very normal. And I, after like maybe 10 seconds of this, uh, I just sort of... I apologize for staring. Um, and I, I think during this, this is a delight as well. Faye, I think, instinctually understand when they have captured the attention of another being. Because it's how business is conducted. It's how deals are made. Interest must first be established. Also, because there is more than a little bit of vanity in wind-rattling bones, I think... In your face, like be, seeing themselves reflected in your eyes, they get to appreciate how their own beauty reflects off of your face. Mm. And that does it for them a little bit. So I think that becomes a part of their dance is, you know, it's now is the point where fire is dancing to you and it's dance, uh, dancing for you rather. And it's dancing in the quivering way a candle flame dances at the subtle breaths that you make if you've drawn close to it, you notice even small things excite the flame and move it about. Uh, so the normal movements of your dance are having a tremendous effect on uh, this dancer in front of you. And I think there is a soft warmth that washes over you that lets you know that those words are not necessary here. Ooh. Um, and perhaps there's even a little bit of sting of heat that might nudge you to think words are not welcome here either. Uh, and I get like a giddy sensation in my gut because I'm, I'm now realizing that there, there are, there are rules here and I don't know them. Um, so <laughs> I, get, yes. I get to like discover this like new set of new and different set of like norms and, uh, like cultural ritual or whatever's happening here. And that's that's like exciting to me on a primal level of discovering a different and new like uh what's the word I'm looking for? I guess r- rule set really is, yeah. is what I'm like yeah. cultural mm-hmm. cultural rule set. Norms? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh woo, gosh. They're, they're all, all so, so saucy. saucy. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, so so I think there's a there's a moment in the dance where you it, it just makes sense musically for us to get a lot closer together like just a paper's width separating us uh, apart 
and linger there. Uh, am I? The question is, am I welcome to linger close to you? Absolutely. I think that feeling of warmth envelops you in a way. Uh, it's not quite reaching the point of heat where like it's uncomfortable. It's as though it is bitter cold outside and you have walked into the warmth for the first time. And you know how like when you're in a winter coat or whatever and you walk into a heated place, there's like that moment of relief right before the burden of heat sets in all about you letting you know, God, it's too hot now. Like you're sitting in that little bit of nirvana right there, like that perfect valley mm. between two different types of discomfort as you are drawn in closer to the flame. And I think there's also a rush of power that you feel in holding a sparkler at a, an event with fireworks or, you know, waving a torch or, you know, the feeling of satisfaction of lighting your own fire, that potential that fire offers you, that is the emotion that you feel while you are here as well. Eek. Yup, yup, yup. Okay. Choose your sauce. Yeah, there's so much good sauce here, but I, I like the slow build. So we're at this moment where you're feeling not not only the the welcome effects of fire, watching the dazzling display of fire, but also feeling uh, the emotional connection that people instinctually feel to fire when they realize its power and that they might be able to control a portion of it, uh, where all of the danger is obscured. I think at this perfect moment, the dance ends. Oh. And the question is, will you stand with me or will you rush away? Uh, I think I, st I just stand there. I plant, I plant my feet and I'm, I'm keenly aware that everyone else is kind of like shifting away from the dance floor and back to fraternizing and socializing. But I, I just kind of stay there and... After a few moments, I just say, I don't even know your name. And I think you can hear in the air a rattling noise, a, a hollow thud upon hollow thud that's a bit morbid, like there's a little bit of dread, and that alights uh, the feeling of hair standing on the back of your neck. Frisian starts to overtake your body, but it's so much more intense than earlier. And you are struck with a rapturous emotion Ooh. in this time. How do you react to that? I think I close my eyes and I tilt my head back a little bit. And I just breathe in that, breathe in that moment for a second. And not even 100% sure if you're still there um, because my eyes are closed. I just say, we did these introductions all out of order. But it felt really good. <laughs> I think... Uh, dude, I think like... Because the dance is over, maybe the masquerade is supposed to end too. So I think like through that moment as you were like coming out of the dance, uh, perhaps the fire was fading a little bit. And when you finally ask my name, the candle gets snuffed and that like little lazy trail of smoke fills the air. So when you breathe in, you breathe in that essence of this person and like you fully understand the shape of that name. And as you exhale, I like form in front of you again. And I think the sound of wind rattling bones just laughs because you've learned something.
Hey heroes, welcome to the mid-roll. I want to start by reminding everyone that we've got some convention appearances coming up. October 10th through the 13th, we're going to be at Big Bad Con. You'll definitely be able to catch me and Mel there, and perhaps some other one-shot network personalities. I'm going to be running lots of games and at least one panel, so be sure to check the Big Bad Con website for my schedule. Then on November 9th through 10th, I am going to be at the Thought Bubble Comics Festival in the UK. I'm going to be there signing books, but I'm also going to be running a panel where me and a cast of all-star guests are going to be playing a role-playing game live for an audience on stage. Trust me, if you're in the area, you won't want to miss it. Speaking of books, I have a new book coming out on October 8th of this year, and that is The Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide. Folks, if you like the way that I run games here on OneShot, and you're wondering how you could do more of that stuff at home, I wrote a book full of advice on how I run games. Now, even if you don't end up wanting to run things exactly the way I do, I'm hoping that this book is going to inspire people to build their own style of play. It's got lots of tools to do that, including breaking down the basic structure of role-playing games, giving you advice on how to capitalize on those structures for a more narratively pleasing experience, and exercises that you can practice both at and away from the table to improve your role-playing skills. If you're interested, you can pre-order the book now at bit.ly slash RPG Gameplay. Heroes, we went through the list of backer names that we generated back in February, which means it is time to generate a new list, and we're going to be doing that very soon. If you want to hear your name thanked on air, I recommend heading over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up as soon as possible. Typically, every time we need to generate a list, the list is hundreds of names long, which means it takes us months to get through them. And if you want to hear yourself sooner rather than later... The best remedy is signing up as soon as possible. And this month is an incredible month to sign up. If you join us at the $15 level, you get PDFs of Numenera Discovery and Destiny for free as part of the OneShot Book Club. That is hundreds of pages of role-playing content. That is the entire core system for Numenera. These books were provided to us by Monty Cook Games as part of their Kickstarter for Numenera Liminal Shores. So if Numenera is something that you've always been curious about, you can join our Patreon and get the core books for free, and then go check out the Liminal Shores Kickstarter. We are incredibly grateful for the Monty Cook team for providing this deal for our backers, and I'm so excited to hear about all of you having fun with Numenera. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. That's that, baby. Nice. Dance fucking rules. Yeah, dance is dance is really good. Everybody should dance with everybody all the time. Yeah. Um, so uh I'm going to have an oblique discussion. Uh only you and your chosen partner play. Ask the, your chosen partner how the two of you came to be discussing something sensitive and where. Alan. Uh-huh. How did Kasema and Thomas begin to be discussing something sensitive? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um my my first thought was I imagine you were in some kind of holding cell, mm-hmm. and we were chatting there. Um, did you come at Kasema's request, or did you come at your own request? I think I just showed up, mm-hmm. which is confusing to me. Yeah. Um, 
And it, it was mostly out of like a curiosity. Uh, and I'm still reeling from my my dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how I'm feeling about anything. <laughs> well, uh, pick one of the sensitive subjects on the next page and don't say them out loud. That's what this meeting is about. Oh, but we're not allowed to say. Ooh. The sensitive subjects. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, these are all good. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take turns doing one of four different actions. Um, whoever called the meeting may not at any point discuss the chosen subject directly and must speak only in euphemism or metaphor. Fuck yes. You may speak in hypotheticals as long as you have deniability, and you may speak of other people instead of your subject as long as you maintain propriety. If at any point anybody not in the scene feels that either player discusses a sensitive subject too directly, they must give that player a scandal token. Scandal token? This We're rules... going to use the little coins for that. Yeah, but I could also get like little glass beads if that would be. No, these are fine. Okay. Um, I didn't know if they were mechanically distinct from the tokens that you get during the chase. No, whenever one of the game ends, the coins go away, the scandal tokens go away. The, okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you may, on your turn, take a scandal token from the other player and whisper to them directly, free of permission, pretense, or euphemism. If you do, that token may not be taken from you. The player whose token was taken may not respond directly, even by taking a token. So James assigns us the scandal tokens. Yeah. Okay, so I assign scandal tokens even though I don't know what you've chosen is scandalous? Uh, You should tell James that secretly. Um, Yeah, here's a note card. Yeah. You could even say it on mic and I will just, like, not... Oh, yeah, let's... No, I'll just, just, like... Let's do that. Not listen. So I should I should whisper it into the microphone. Um, yeah, well, we'll just do you know cover your ears or what have you. Um, I have chosen. I seek your help in a personal matter, and just to keep it like nebulous enough that it can go in any direction, I won't. I'm not going to pick the personal matter just yet. I'll just like let it happen. I like that a lot. Okay, Adira. Yes. All right. So do you have one too, right? You you've you've got a do you have a coded message matter? too. Nope. No, oh, it's just one? Cool. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah, that's so right. So I can just do things that end up being scandalous. Oh, by accident. Yeah, and then you That's can, really fun. And then you can take the scandal tokens from me. Can you hand the, me the tokens? Yeah. Because I have a feeling we're probably going to need a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you can take the scandal tokens from me uh, to be able to speak to me directly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All you right. can also purposefully violate stuff giving yourself scandal tokens, which would then let me respond directly. Perfect. Or if James but judges that I'm getting too, too, too hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you chose the subject, so you take the first turn. Great. So uh, I think I walk into the room, uh, and I close the door behind me, um, and I turn around, and you watch their, their visual confusion on my face, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of grumble as I take the seat opposite you, something... Like something that you can't hear all of, but sounds like I'm used to being sit- seated on the other side of the table. Um, and uh, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and choose the avoid the subject uh, <laughs> action to start. <laughs> so I just sit down um, and I kind of look around the room a little bit, and then at you, and then I say that wind jump kind of ruffled my clothes. Hmm. Is that why you're here? No. Hmm. 
I'm going to make a topical statement. Effusively praise something to gauge your partner's reaction. Well, you have such a wonderful jail cell here. It's just so very well maintained. Look at these very strong bars. Uh, This wonderful inscription here that appears to be stopping the channeling and flow of magic. This Just this bed. Ah, this bed is wonderful. And Kasema pats on the bed disingenuously. Mm, You sound sarcastic, which is difficult for me because everything you're saying is true. (laughs) (laughs) This room was built for a purpose. It's very good at fulfilling that purpose. And it pretty much can't be used for anything else. Mm -hmm. It knows its place and its role, and it adheres to what's been prescribed for it. But you... You confuse me. You knew that what you were doing was wrong, but you did it anyway. Why? I think Kasema just looks at you. I don't normally concern myself with motive, but I can see why people might do things here that they don't have particular reason to do. Mm. So I'm just trying to understand what motivated you. It sounds like you've done something, Thomas. That's a scandal token to me. Yep. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Mm. and I don't want to continue. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps we could just speak of magic then. Okay. Let's speak of magic. Why do you feel that all this is necessary? Kasema just waves her hands around the room. I'm going to speak in hypotheticals about something someone else might do. Mm -hmm. As you know, I was assigned here. Mm Mm-hmm. No one from the Order would willingly come to the city for frivolous purposes. Mm -hmm. You can imagine that should, say, a pack of dogs lose its alpha, that the individuals might spread out, Mm. do things as the individual sees fit. But in truth, the opposite is more true. When the alpha is gone, the dogs simply reorganize. A new alpha takes their place. But remember that in the original power structure, this animal was not the leader. There was a better option. Inevitably, removing the power structure that existed only serves to create a different and new set of rules that are in ways that aren't necessarily quantifiable less than what they were before. The funny thing about dogs is that if things erode to a certain point, the dogs, driven by hunger, will eat each other when not cared for by the leader of a pack or, even better for a domesticated animal, by human beings. Imagine what might happen if the least controlled dog in a pack 
were to suddenly gain, I don't know, hypothetically speaking, magical powers, hmm. it would completely upset the balance of the whole structure and organization of this dog community. My metaphor's breaking down, but I think you understand what I'm saying. I'm going to thank you for the words that cut you deepest. Uh-huh. I really appreciate you using dogs for that metaphor. It really just shows how highly you think of the people in this city. Well, I'm merely suggesting that those of us that represent the Order are simply directive dogs in a larger pack. Hmm. If it sounded exclusionary, I apologize. What would you need to apologize for? Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say something about a mutual acquaintance when, in truth, I'm really talking about myself. Uh-huh. Um, and and uh, I'm gonna posit this, that this fictional dogs are a mutual acquaintance. Sure. <clears throat> because let's take this pack of dogs even further. <laughs> Because I, I think it's something that both of us are instinctively connected with. Because <laughs> I was just shaking her damn head. <laughs> uh, I like mop some sweat off my forehead because this is none of this is in the rule books, and it's I'm it's clear that improvising is not my strong suit here, and I have no yeah. idea what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, we're way off uh, with metaphors about dogs. <laughs> so let's say one of these dogs smells something off the path. The rest mm-hmm. of the pack is pursuing some prey animal or moving to mm-hmm. a new location, and this one dog is is deviating and and investigating something that peaked its nose. The dog doesn't know why it's peaked. The dog doesn't know necessarily what drives it to follow the scent. But it feels compelled to obey these impulses because, well, because obedience is bred into dogs. Hmm. The question is, is this dog still valuable to the pack? Is this dog wrong? For pursuing side interests? Is the pack still valuable to the dog? I have a question about scandal tokens. Mm-hmm. And that is, am I issuing them just to Adira or Alan? Both. Well? both okay. Us. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one of those. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, Adira, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to take a scandal token. Yeah. Uh, and I, I lean across the table and I, I whisper. Um, well, you should note that you have two. Oh yeah, because oh, if any you, of us you can't if any of us back. gets three, uh, right, 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 things happen. Um, but you can't take one that I've taken no. from you. You can mm-hmm. only take this one. So I'll separate yeah. them. Uh-huh. Uh, I lean across the table and I, I fold my hands under my chin uh, and I say, "I haven't quite been following all my own rules, and I'm a little confused. I thought you might be able to shine some light on it for me because clearly you have a similar issue." Now, I'm going to. Speak my mind about something inoffensive to imply your deeper meaning. Now, I don't know much about dogs, but I am a candle maker. I know a lot of different things about candles. One of those things is that candles only have the color that you give them. It's not like wax is produced and all of these fabulous, fantastic different colors naturally. Someone has to intervene, give it that color by choice. But... Once that color's there, it's not going away as much as you might try to deny it. Blue candle is still blue until someone decides to change it. Whether that's someone else or the candle themselves. I think the dog metaphor was better 
but I do understand. Uh, I'm going to avoid the subject for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's say, you didn't turn that guy to chalk, did you? No. Okay. You promise? <laughs> yes. All right. Did I remind you that violating a promise given freely is... Uh... I'm okay. well aware. Okay. I'm not just talking about, like, uncouth. I'm talking about their legal ramifications. Yes. Okay, great. I'm going to say something about a mutual acquaintance when, in truth, you were talking about yourself. Uh-huh. I had lunch earlier today with a very interesting person. They uh, were, I mean, are a member of the lords and ladies that visits my shop. I don't know if you've ever met, but uh, their name is the Sound of Wind Rattling Bones. As we talked over lunch, they became very curious into all sorts of different things that were different and new from them, into the possibilities that life and magic can present. And now I'm in one such possibility. Okay, I'm going to let you go now. Um, <laughs> let's. We're, we're not going to talk about this anymore. And, okay. Um, don't do bad magic again. Also, I'm... don't repeat any part of our discussion, especially my dog metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I assure you that I will do nothing that I consider bad magic. Okay, it feels... Like there's there's some holes in that, but I I'm just gonna we're just gonna I'm, I have a very important document to read. Of course, <laughs> I will leave you to your documents. Okay. And Kisema opens the cell door, and I just stay. Cool, <laughs> cool. Queens, queens. All right, you go, Alan. Oh Lord, okay. Um, let's see. Let's, let's see. It's time where all three of us can be in the. Yeah, yeah, we haven't done one of those. I don't think a battle makes sense. Yeah. Maybe it does. Well, well, we can. Anybody can join any of the other scenes. They're just by default have two people. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe weaving a spell sounds fun. Mm, that would be very cool. Yeah. Let's do that. I haven't read it yet. I just saw the title, so let's see. Uh, only you and your chosen partner play. Um, I, let's see if we can adapt this to be all of us in the same place. I like that. Um, you're here to create a powerful spell, the type that needs time, magical components, and two magic users, or in our case, three, and will have a more powerful effect than any one person could create on their on their own. I think, um, hmm, what's something that needs to be done? Well, perhaps well, this... a way to do it as three people is Thomas and the sound of wind rattling bones are casting the spell together, uh-huh. and Kitsama is observing. Okay. It might be de-chalking this guy. Yeah, I've, I've gotten uh, an unusual expedited approval to unchalk him myself. And you're, I, I really like the idea of you like opening that order going, well, okay. I mean, I guess... Everyone's just losing their minds. <laughs> uh, and I frame it. I frame that and I keep it because I'm like, oh. 
I, yeah, I feel like every time somebody walks into your office now, you're like, can you believe this? It's like the funniest joke for someone in the order. It's like, look how quickly they did this. Um, uh-huh. In the back of my mind, I even feel this nagging doubt that they read the entirety of my report. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, ooh. It was only 10 pages. When this gets up the chain, <laughs> there are going to be words. Paying real fast and loose. Um, but I, I realized quickly that this... Doing this properly, now that it's on me to do it, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to risk any damage to the order's reputation or like hurting this person by turning them back. Mm-hmm. I've, en- I've enlisted the aid uh, of the lords and ladies as a general mm-hmm. entity for help. Um, and much to my com- combined delight and chagrin, the person who either selected themselves or was selected to help is... The sound of wind rattling bones. Yeah, literally, and then doubly no. to my chagrin, um, a person who I had hoped w- I would never see me in the company of the wind rattling bones or bring up their name ever again also showed up to conduct this ritual. Yeah, I think Kasema is following behind the sound of wind rattling bones, carrying a package of candles. Yeah, I, I I think I was literally just shopping at your store and like, oh, I have a thing I have to do later today. You should attend me. Yeah, maybe come bring some candles. We also need components for the spell, so maybe the candles are necessary to the casting in some manner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is one of the components that lists candle wax and chimney stood and nothing more. Uh, well, there we go. So that's pretty great. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think it is that... <laughs> The, some of these crafts are also very funny. I cannot yeah. wait. I can't, I literally One of the crafts can't wait. Is warm bodies pressed together, skin to skin, with the component below you, and then sleeping in the same room with a knife and the component between you. I like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the idea that no one in House Rapture reads mail from humans. <laughs> it's ludicrous. So, like, I think there is an entire room where. Uh, Mail is just oh man what what have we seen done with mail before like that isn't just discarding it ducks eat it ducks eat it and then if it's important the ducks will tell you that's perfect yeah so I I think um uh I I make I like that. <laughs> yeah a duck would tell <laughs> if there was something good in there a duck would tell me <laughs> uh-huh. there's accidentally a seed in this one. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> interesting. What could that mean? Uh, but you yeah, do a spell. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I got one. <laughs> this one's good. Slap, 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 slap. <laughs> Duck webbed feet slapping on flagstones. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm told by a loyal mallard, and so I just like, oh yeah, that'll be part of my day. I'll dechalk a human. Mm-hmm. They're so temporary. It's so funny. They're chalk now. He's going from permanent back to impermanence. Yeah. All right. So we've determined what the effect of the spell is. Then mm-hmm. take turns choosing one component, one craft, and one cost. The player with the strongest magic goes first, or else have another player choose who goes first at their whim. Definitely you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As you describe this bonus crafting, describe the component's meaning to you, what the crafting looks like, and how you pay the cost. Be sure to bring the qualities of your own magic to bear, whether the components get their power from the natural form, their ritual use, or the power you imbue them. All types of magic can be used to weave a new spell. When your partner chooses a cost, you may choose to pay that cost for them instead, uh, and take the consequences upon yourself. You must tell the player, but you may decide yourself if the character tells their character. 
why are you willing to pay their cost for them? Cool. There's rules. So so we're each uh, picking a separate one of those things, right? Yeah. So you're each going to take a turn choosing. Each of you will choose a component, a craft, and a cost. Oh, okay. Each mm-hmm. of us picks one of each thing. Okay. Yeah. Each player should take at le- a, a turn at least once and up to three times, depending on how powerful the spell you're creating is and how many costs you're willing to bear. Uh, once you've finished creating the spell, the players who are not playing weave a, weaving a spell, uh, which would be me in this case, uh, may decide whether or not the spell succeeds. If any player feels that the effect that the spell was intended to have is too much or the costs appear too few, they may declare the spell failed. The cost is still still paid, but the effect is lost forever or reduced at the expenses of the players who did not participate. That's just sort of left up to Kasema watching whether or not that happens. So, uh, James, what does Winredling uh, Bones pick? Yeah, I'm trying to decide here. I really like the crafts like just so much. And I'm trying to decide if I want warm bodies pressed together because that rules. Yeah. Or two hands uh, clasped around each other. I think because we're well into Act Two here, uh, I I feel like if everyone is comfortable with it, yeah. we'll warm up uh, sure. and say warm bodies pressed together. That's uh-huh. all right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what I think happens is we arrive. I imagine this is at some sort of bureaucratic central office where yeah. this uh, chalk person is being kept. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, I arrive. I am... well. I don't. I don't actually. I I would counter argue that I we didn't have permission to move him. There's oh, that there's been... just like a bunch of like magical do not cross police yeah. order police line tape. Yeah. So it's just yeah. this. It's just open courtyard that people might be watching that will make this even more uncomfortable. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. So what happens then? I think we roll up in grand fashion. Uh, there is a. Uh, line in a radical face song that describes someone is wearing a cape of fireflies and i think that rules so sure. i'm pretty sure wind rattling bones like rolls up in this cape and gown made of fireflies so they are you know undulating haunting lights uh following this uh creature that i think i haven't described their skin i think their skin is terribly bone pale uh i I think because bones evoke death in their name death is like a little bit what they are about so they have like i think their skin is undoubtedly beautiful because they are glamorous but the otherworldly quality is like it is the color of dead flesh yet somehow still appealing so there is like that kind of morbid fascination uh that comes with it um when they they show up uh they give a warm wave uh to thomas and they go i've brought an assistant and immediately they snap their fingers and the fireflies like zip off their body and they are standing uh completely nude in front of you um and they're like oh you'll need to you'll need to just hmm? your accessories the the cloth thomas uh-huh. what they want you to take off your clothes right oh, now in, in you as well that would be extremely helpful oh all right yeah so you now you understand why i was pausing too <laughs> you were very cool and it was just me <laughs> well i would hate to be impolite oh i'm sorry did we want did we want them to stay chalk 
There's lots that we could do if they just stayed chalk and we all continued to wear accessories. I have some lovely accessories. No, 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 no. And Kasama starts undoing her gown. My directive, which at the time was very funny, was to make sure that they don't stay chalk. But now I'm pretty upset at how quickly that order came through. I'm going to unframe that. (laughs) (laughs) I And I think... um, You had it framed? And I, I think there is like quite a bit of like a crowd <laughs> gathered around the the police tape now, um, uh, sort sort of watching this affair. And like, there's definitely a, a gasp as uh, wind rattling bones like unclad themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have that you know luminescent otherworldly beauty that draws attention to itself. Um, and even like the, there are people in the crowd who will snigger at the fact that, uh, their friend Kesma or, uh, this, you know, spited auditor Thomas need to disrobe in public. Like there are just as many more who are completely entranced by the fact that this fey being is, is nude in front of them. Uh, and then they look out over the crowd. Oh, you'll all, you all have to do it too. Unless we want him to stay chalk, I was told that the duck was not very clear in that they explicitly said we didn't want to be chalk, but I see everybody is wearing accessories. I think that there can be multiple portions to the ritual. I don't know we necessarily... If Well, that won't be any fun. Wait, is this necessary, the disrobing? Is it actually necessary? I mean, who's to say? It's magic. Um, I, I I blow my whistle expecting <laughs> that everyone will take the signal and respectfully turn their backs. Um, but instead, I think all it accomplishes is that the sound draws in even more passersby mm-hmm. who weren't really sure what was going on. Uh, and they hear a whistle and they're like, what's happening? And now mm-hmm. the crowd has swollen a little more. Kasma turns and uh, addresses the crowd. Well, everyone, you're about to see... A wonderful spell be done uh, to help fix our good friend here. Now, uh, we'll need a little bit of community involvement here. Uh, if everybody could please um, uh, start to get a little more free for a moment. <laughs> um, uh, I hope you won't mind this imposition, but hopefully we can all have a lot of fun. You must remove your clothing and press your bodies together. Above the candles, and Kisma well, starts I don't need any passing more, candles. Any around. more than that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard him, folks. <laughs> there are some people who are tremendously relieved that this <laughs> is just part of society now. Yeah. Uh, right, so I, I disrobe. We, we will pass on. What's the next component? Or well, what's the cost for this? Oh yeah, that's what right. Is, what is the cost that uh, the sound of wind rattling bones pays? Let's see. Oh my goodness, these costs are insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, f- these costs rule. What? Damn. <laughs> what? This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it sounds like I'm, I'm cheaping my way out, but I do believe this is how the lords and ladies operate. Uh, a friend of yours or one of your soldiers, and it's definitely one of my soldiers, will lose someone dear to them because that's the purpose of soldiers. <laughs> wow. It's to pay costs for spells. All right. Yeah. That's why we make deals. It's mm-hmm. business. Yeah. So it sounds like the assembled passerbys all get together, begin have this beginning commencement of the ritual, and then everybody's naked. And what is next, Thomas? Component craft and cost. 
Uh, Jeez, oh, we have to do Louise. one of each again. Yeah. Oh, did, oh yeah, and I bought yeah. candles. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So now that now that we're <laughs> all warm bodies pressed to each other, um, I'm like blushing and like trying to remember that this is all part of the, part of the the assignment that I was given. I think the component that we need. I think I think it's I think it's um it's aural. So it's like we we all have to like harmonize mm-hmm. a sound together. Yeah. So I I let Kasema 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 Kasema. Um I let Kasema like hit the root note. Sure. And then this like slowly everyone instinctu- instinctually joins in and we form this like chorus of uh of chords. And I think just through osmosis and influence, the audience around us, those that I think were most enraptured by my nude form have also stripped and are chorusing as well. Yeah. It's extremely strange. And yeah, the craft and the, yeah, the one guy who was excited for this is beatboxing. Um, (laughs) And then (laughs) he's like, uh, and then, I think the next part of the craft, because it's going to make this even better, is staring intently at your partner's face, uh, holding the component together. And I like holding because holding a note also works. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So I think I, I I know now that I have to turn and, and lock eyes with uh, the sound of, of wind rattling bones. Mm-hmm. And I do that. And I am, in my mind, I'm instantly transported back to the dance and even though you're kind of wearing a different visage now, mm-hmm. uh, it's I, I I kind of forget not only that we're surrounded by about 250 other naked singing people mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the street, um, but I also forget for a moment that we're here to do a thing. Yeah, that that this is part and parcel of bringing someone back effectively from the dead. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I love like getting lost in that harmony with you is exactly something that wind rattling bones would do, though they know magic. They know these spells. They know how important it is. So they just split off a part of themselves to hold that moment with you. And literally a second face appears on their head uh, that locks eyes with Kasema uh, mm. in order to continue the spell and keep making the spell work. Of course. What does this cost? cost. They're so buck wild. I think I like, uh, just because it's fun and interesting to me, um, I like no animal will again countenance your presence and will flee or fight. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So any animal that sees me is either going to run away howling or run at me howling. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it it, something about this ritual uh, necessitates taking taking away like a kinship to bestial yeah. creatures mm-hmm. um and i can feel i think we can like i can feel it leaving my body um and i've just like i'm a, i'm aware that this cost must be paid and uh i'm just paying it like it doesn't occur to me that someone else could do it or that i, I could like order somebody else to do it um because i'm so lost in this moment i just it just evaporates from me nice yeah Cool. Costcraft component? Sure. Yeah. I can't believe someone did this by accident. And now we have to all get naked and sing in the middle of the I mean like This should impress the the importance of what the order is trying to do here, I think. 
I think, this impress, I think it should have impressed upon us the, the ingenuity and tenacity and power of the human spirit. <laughs> um, I'm just so glad that you've all decided to allow this man the opportunity to die. An abacus, an hourglass, and a lover's kiss. Oh, boy. That's the component. Okay. Um, and then the craft will be a circle of ash and a circle of rose water around the component and yourselves. So Kasema hands um, uh, two small pouches, uh, filled one filled with ash, one filled with rose water, um, to uh, one of the people watching. Says, "Could you please assist by putting a circle around?" And that person goes around everybody with those things. Uh, she takes the abacus and the hourglass um, and places them in the center of the circle. That surrounds everybody who's naked and locking eyes and humming and things. Mm-hmm. Then Kasema goes, all right, everyone, we need to kiss now. The wind rattling bones has already started drawing you both naturally towards them. Mm-hmm. Uh, using like, I, I think Kasema, because you're familiar with magic, yeah. uh, you can tell that there is a hint of glamour in the air in mm-hmm. that they are trying to put you in a position of being a lover, whether you feel you have that status or mm. not, uh, to make the spell work. This yeah. is just a natural thing, and this is the way that things are done. I think to a human being, it might feel a little violating if you understood that. And I think uh, maybe Kasema and Thomas both might feel that. Yeah. No, I just completely... <laughs> I, I'm so, so enthralled. I flipped a coin and failed. Um, I, I'm so enthralled that I just go for it. I, like I, I'm under almost completely under your control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kasama definitely feels a little violated. Yeah, like you, you know that it's part of how the power, like how the spell is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're being treated like you don't know that, mm-hmm. I think that sucks. Yeah, especially since you just announced to everyone that. That's, yeah, that's uh-huh. that sucks. Yeah. And then the cost beyond our plane, a thing without name will mark your soul to take. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, so <laughs> it says that it says that we can step in and bear the cost for each other. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. Why would I? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, that's crazy. That's a crazy cost. You picked it. Yeah, I did. I wonder what that thing will be. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably find out at it, some point. It could be good. Yeah, we'll find out knows? next time. So, um. Do we feel that this was enough? Yeah, I think this is overkill. Yeah, I, think, I think we're good. <laughs> you think it's overkill? No, oh, I, yeah, I think for, we, we got For de-chalking a dude, I absolutely do. Did you? Here's a question specifically for you. Did you bamboozle us? Uh, so, was all of this necessary? I yeah. haven't bamboozled you. All uh-huh. of this absolutely was not necessary. Mm-hmm. But this would be how the lords and ladies would prefer to do it. Mm. Oh, so there was like another route we could have taken. Oh, yeah, much easier. But like a message was sent via a duck or via a letter, which is important to humans and a duck, which is important to Faye, Uh that we're taking somebody who was turned to chalk and making them not turn to chalk. And they'd be like, oh, this is glorious. This is going to be so much fun. Uh We're going to get nude. We're going to make major sacrifices. (laughs) We're going to three-way kiss and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Does Thomas only kiss the sound of wind rattling bones? I assumed that you were drawing us both in. Yeah, I was. I was drawing. I was drawing you both in. I do have two that, faces okay? right now. Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Three way kiss. Yep. Kisses all around. Kisses smooching, smooching. Three way yeah. smooches. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that kiss happens, and 
I feel like it's funnier if it's instantaneous. Yeah. That this person turns back from chalk like like right away. Like right away. There's and, all and, this buildup. <laughs> yeah. Time time has not like they're not aware of any no. passage of time, right? So yeah. they just wake up and everyone's naked suddenly. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Making okay. out. <laughs> what the f- fuck? Right. Oh man, whatever spell I just cast was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your turn, Alan, right? Uh yes. Yeah, yeah. that was weaving a all spell. Right. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back with more Hearts of Magic next week. In the meantime, you should check out some of the other wonderful programs on the One Shot Network. Like Design Doc. Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign their first role-playing game. Design Doc is an experiment in public participatory analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And this week, the Amazon rainforest is on fire. Typically, in these calls to action, we don't actually ask for donations to anything. But this is kind of an emergency situation. The Amazon rainforest produces 20% of the Earth's oxygen. And the current government in Brazil seems ideologically committed to destroying that vital part of our environment. We need as much support as possible for the people and organizations fighting those fires as quickly as possible. That's where you come in, heroes. The OneShot Network is going to be raising money for the Rainforest Action Network. To do that, we've set up a page over on Act Blue, and our goal is a modest $1,000. We want to do everything we can to help in this environmental crisis. You can head to bit.ly slash forestheroes to pull up our fundraising page and make a donation. Any amount is extremely appreciated. If we reach $1,000 by the end of this week, uh, I will be posting a new bit of lore for Campaign Skyjacks. I'll put up a new Tales from Spear. So please, if you're able, make a donation. And whether you can or not, please share that link. You can also call your representatives about this crisis for no money at all. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.